Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and it's the weekend, so as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter, and can find all of my work on CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball-related from Friday, May 12th. We'll kick things off, as always, with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league, starting on a sour note with the IL placements. Starting pitcher Drew Rass of the Tampa Bay Rays was placed on the 60-day IL with a right flexor strain. It's really not great news for Rasmussen, who will miss at least the next couple of months, and for the Rays, who are already missing Shane Boz, Tyler Glasnow, and Jeffrey Springs from their rotation. My hunch says it's highly likely that Tosh Bradley gets the call to replace him in the rotation, especially with just three starters penciled into the roster right now. Tosh has struggled in the minors, but I don't think that will deter the Rays from making the move. He's currently on a perfect schedule to replace Rasmussen's spot in a few days on the major league roster and I think I'd take the chance if he got dropped after his demotion in your league. Nico Horner, a second baseman for the Cubs, was placed on the 10-day IL with a strained left hamstring. The injury doesn't seem too serious so we should see Horner back before the end of May. He had been one of the best hitters in baseball prior to his injury batting well over 300, showing some power and stealing bases. Christopher Morel will take over the keystone position until Horner returns and he's had multiple hits in each of his first three games including two homers in the major league so far after dominating in AAA to start the year. Lastly, relief pitcher all-star Joe Mantiply of the Arizona Diamondbacks was placed on the 15-day IL with a strained right hamstring. We had mentioned him on the In the Pen podcast as the most recent addition that he should be the guy to take over the closer role in Arizona with Andrew Chafin struggling, but that'll no longer be an option and it sort of gives me a little bit more confidence suggesting Chafin's job is safe, but we'll have a little bit more on that later. Now to our transactions. Starting pitcher Yuri Perez officially had his contract selected by the Marlins. He is the number nine prospect in baseball, the number three right-handed pitching prospect, and the number one Miami Marlins prospect, all of those according to MLB Pipeline. The 20-year-old Perez was dominating AA, pitching to a 2.32 ERA with a 35.9% strikeout rate in his first six starts, encompassing 31 innings. The six-foot-eight right-hander features a 70-grade fastball and a 70 grade changeup and he debuted in Miami versus the Reds on Friday tossing four and two-thirds innings allowing four hits two earned runs two walks and seven strikeouts he induced 16 whiffs with a 31% CSW both of the runs he allowed came on solo homers which is a good point but he was also pretty inefficient needing 88 pitches and was unable to finish the fifth inning but his stuff looked great the fastball hit 99 and earned called strikes while the changeup and slider earned six whiffs apiece as the secondary pitches Nick is doing 
a video breakdown of Aerie's start over on the Pitcherless YouTube channel, so make sure to go check that out for a more in-depth breakdown of his debut. Elsewhere, third baseman Yohan Moncada of the Chicago White Sox was activated from the 10-day IL. He had missed a few weeks with lower back soreness, and he'll reclaim his role as the everyday third baseman and cleanup hitter in Chicago. He started off the season pretty strong before the injury, batting 308 with a couple homers and a 143 WRC+. So maybe this is the year he finally gets back on track after a couple years of struggles. Outfielder Mickey Moniak of the Angels was recalled from the minors. This is not really a huge impactful fantasy move, but he was the number one overall pick in 2016, but he didn't make the team out of spring training despite a strong performance. He's been excellent in AAA through the first month this year, and he's actually been pretty good in the minors through the past couple of years, but he dealt with a couple of injuries last year. He was batting 308 with eight homers, two steals, and a 117 WRC plus at AAA through the first month of the season. And those eight homers are more than half of his career high in a minor league season. So it definitely seems like he's might've figured something out. He's clearly got a lot of potential given that he was the number one overall pick, but he'll likely be a backup in LA with Taylor Ward, Mike Trout, and Hunter Renfro in tow. But if an injury does occur, he'll be the first one to get the call to fill in. Left-handed relief pitcher Brandon Hughes of the Cubs was activated from the 15-day IL. He missed the minimum amount of time with left knee inflammation, and he'll sort of muddy the bullpen waters even more in the Windy City. It's possible that it allows him or Mark Leiter Jr., who has reverse splits, to fill the closer role because the team won't have to save a lefty specialist for later in the game, but that'll be something to watch there in Chicago. And the last transaction is starting pitcher Alex Wood of the Giants being activated from the 15-day IL. He had missed a few weeks with a strained left hamstring, and it likely pushes Ross Stripling to a swingman role, who pitched in a bulk relief role on Friday, while Wood will rejoin the rotation. In terms of news, second baseman Jose Altuve has started his rehab assignment at AAA. Great news. He's missed the entire season following preseason thumb surgery after getting hit by a pitch, and it should probably be a quick rehab assignment as he's a veteran and he likely doesn't want to waste swings in the minors. Also for the Astros outfielder, Michael Brantley, unfortunately has inflammation in his surgically repaired shoulder and will be shut down for an indefinite period. If you were stashing him on your IL for whatever reason, now might be a good time to stop doing that. Catcher Luis Campusano of the Padres underwent thumb ligament surgery. He had been on the IL for a couple weeks and now this will mean that he'll be on the IL for at least a couple more months. He's mostly an option in deep two catcher leagues, so this news likely isn't too impactful in terms of most fantasy leagues, but if you're stashing him, same as Brantley, he's borderline enough that you can just let him go. And lastly, starting pitcher Nick Lodolo of the Reds has been scratched from his start today, so he had been pitching through foot and calf discomfort in his last few starts, and I'm honestly glad to see that he's getting the rest that he needs because his recent performances have been lacking. Now we'll get into our notable performances from around the league on Friday, a day in which we had a full slate of 15 games. In terms of hitters, leading off, we'll start with Cedric Mullins versus the Pirates as the left-hander hit for the cycle, going four for five, scoring twice with a home run, a double, a triple, a single, and three RBI. He's now up to five home runs on the season. His home run traveled 360. 76 feet with a 102.8 mile per hour exit velocity. He is the 341st player ever to hit for the cycle, and he's the second to do so this season after Luis Arias did so almost exactly a month ago, uh, just one day off. Since Mullins' 30-30 campaign, he's not really displayed that same power. He's uh, had less than 20 home runs last year, and right now is at five, like I said, but he's still an incredible fantasy option. He's super durable. He leads off every single day. His power isn't non-existent, and he's not like Luis Arias, where he's only getting hit 
five to ten home runs at the most. And he's one of the best base stealers in all of baseball, which is super valuable, especially in Roto Leagues. And he's still above average in the average batting average department. So even though he's not going to hit 290 like he did in 2021, he's still going to be a boon in that department. And he isn't hurt as much as the righties in Camden Yards and the cavernous Camden Yards because he doesn't have to deal with those super deep left field walls. Mullen should be one of the most reliable outfielders throughout the year. Anthony Rizzo of the New York Yankees helped the team to a win versus the Rays. He went two for four, banging out a couple of home runs and knocking in three runs. He's now batting 301 on the season and he's up to eight home runs as well. Rizzo is looking like his classic self, except for the fact that he's been one of the biggest benefactors of the shift ban. His BABIP has risen over 120 points from last year and has made him an improver rather than a detractor of batting average. It'll likely come down across the next few months, but Rizzo could settle in with a 250 to 260 batting average rather than that low 200s batting average that he showed last year with the same ability to hit 30 home runs. So I'd feel pretty confident if you have Rizzo on your team. Lastly, Jake Fraley of the Reds helped the team take down the Marlins in A.R.E. Perez's debut. He hit a pair of home runs as well, going two for four, scoring three times, knocking in four runs and walking. He's up to four home runs now on the year. He hit half of them in this one game. Both of his home runs left the bat with an exit velocity over 100 miles per hour, and there were a couple impressive shots. Fraley is a streaky hitter with disparate platoon splits, but he does have great plate discipline and can be lethal when he's on a heater. I think he's more of a streamer against righties when he's playing in Great American Ballpark, especially with how deep outfield is at the moment. So keep Fraley in mind for DFS or for days or weeks when you really need a streamer, but I don't think he's a guy that's a must own unless he's really, really on fire. But if you'd like a breakdown of all the notable hitting performances from Friday, make sure to check out the Daily Batters Box article, this one being written by Ryan Amore. Now we'll head to the mound where we'll check out the starting pitching performances that were notable from Friday, kicking it off with the man, Spencer Strider, who got the tough luck loss despite an incredible performance against the Blue Jays. He tossed six and two-thirds innings, allowing five hits, one earned run, one walk, and striking out 12 batters. He had a whopping 33 whiffs and 45% CSW. Pretty sure those 33 whiffs are the top mark in the majors so far this season, but that's just absolutely incredible that he lost a game in which he was that dominant. His fastball and slider earned 16 whiffs each. The slider was unreal at 63% CSW, and Strider now sports a ridiculous 42.9% strikeout rate, which is unheard of for a starter. And he might be the new Jacob deGrom in terms of how unmatched his dominance is. It's so wild that he's been able to do this throwing just two pitches and Strider should have no problem heading to Texas for his next matchup against the Rangers. The reason that Strider ended up with the loss was because Chris Bassett took down the Braves with a complete game shutout, tossing nine innings, allowing just two hits and two walks while striking out eight. He had 19 whiffs and a 30 4% CSW. He had great control of his sinker in this one, turning to it over 50% of the time. He got outs in the field and induced seven whiffs and a 34% CSW. And then he threw six other pitches 10% of the time or less. So it was sort of a kitchen sink approach similar to Nathan Eovaldi, but without that velocity. Bassett will have days like this where hitters are aggressive and don't make quality contact. So they sort of help him get through nine innings super easily. But Bassett's really an underrated pitcher and not somebody that should be counted on to 
attain Astum. So he, he's a great pitcher, but he's not somebody that's heralded as such, but I don't think he's a guy that's going to be carrying your fantasy team. But that being said, he's basically an auto start every time out, even against the Yankees in his next start. Kyle Bradish helped the Orioles take down the Pirates, tossing six innings, allowing just three hits, no earned runs, one walk, and six strikeouts. He had 16 whiffs and a 38% CSW. His slider carried him in this one, inducing eight whiffs and a 36% CSW, while his four-seamer and sinker stole strikes and both surpassed 40% CSW. There was a little bit of hype surrounding Bradish in the preseason, but he hadn't quite lived up to it until this start. I think his skills are solid and pitching in Camden should help mitigate some of his downfalls, but I don't think Bradish is the next big breakout, but he should be fine in his next start versus the Angels. Lastly, we have Sonny Gray versus the Cubs in a game in which the Twins lost, but Gray came out of it with a no decision to keep his perfect record intact. He tossed five and a third innings, allowing four hits, one and run, one walk, while striking out nine with 11 whiffs and 29% CSW. He wasn't completely dominant and did most of his damage with weak contact and called strikes, but he did rack up nine strikeouts somehow. He currently leads the majors in ERA with a 1.39 mark in that department. He's striking out batters at the highest rate of his career, excluding 2020, which gives some credence to his reaching another level, but I don't think this run is completely sustainable. And this is sort of a weird Vargas rule in that when his hot streak is over, I don't expect him to become irrelevant, but Gray should be universally owned, but won't be in the running for a Cy Young award by the end of the season. His next start is in Hollywood against the Dodgers, and that might be where the regression finally begins. But if you'd like a rundown of every single start from Friday, make sure to give the Plus Pitch Podcast a listen and go read Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup over on pitcherlist.com. Now we'll head to the bullpen and look at some relievers that got saves and closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves. For the saves, guys, we had Miguel Castro get a save for the Diamondbacks, so that might be the guy Andrew Chafin is losing his job to. Evan Phillips also got a save. Drew Smith nagged a save after David Robertson needed 40 pitches to fail to complete two innings to close out the game, and so Smith came in and got the last out of that game. I don't think that means much in terms of the future closer. Alexis Diaz got a save. Felix Bautista got a save. Wandy Peralta surprisingly got a save, so it's really a committee situation over there in the Bronx. Carlos Estevez also got a save and continues to look like one of the best closers in baseball surprisingly and Craig Kimbrell got a save and he looks to be the go-to guy with Jose Alvarado on the IL. In terms of closers to pitch outside of save situations or to blow their saves, Zach Jackson pitched in the top of the 10th inning and allowed a couple of runs but was bailed out by his offense. Jason Adam blew a save. Emmanuel Classe also blew a save and was handed the loss. Ryan Helsley earned a win when he came in to pitch the final two innings of the game and when Kenley Jansen blew his save, Helsley ran away with the win there and Ryan Presley had his save stolen away by his offense as he pitched with a four-run lead. But if you'd like a rundown of all of the bullpen action from Friday, make sure to check out the Daily Reliever Ranks article. But before we look forward to today, we're going to take a quick break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 
98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Now we'll send it over to the wonderful Mark Paquette with the weather. Thanks, Jake. Well, for a big Saturday schedule, well, we always have a lot of games on Saturday. Anyways, I'm saying a lot of outdoor games. We have no weather problems whatsoever today, so go in and employ whoever you want in your DSS lineups and your season-long leagues. Play whoever you like there as well. Back to you. Thanks, Mark. Now looking forward to Saturday, May 13th. We have another full slate of 15 games. We'll kick it off by talking about our probable starters for tomorrow. Our matchup of the day is left-hander Shane McClanahan versus Southpaw. Nestor Cortez, that should be a fun one. They sort of are pitchers that don't really pitch the same way at all. McClanahan's very dominant, while Nestor Cortez is sort of using all of his finesse to have success. So it's really fun to watch two different pitchers face off. In our uh, auto start tier, we've got seven guys, including McClanahan, as well as Zach Gallon versus the Giants, Sandy Alcantara versus the Reds, and Bryce Miller at the Tigers. Our probably start tier has seven guys. Our questionable start tier has four guys, and our do not start tier has 12 pitchers, and that's where we'll find our reluctant streamer of the day in J.P. Sears versus the Rangers. This is not a great day for streaming. I would suggest to maybe look ahead to Sunday and sort of get ahead of the ball early. Not too many great options here, especially in deeper leagues. In terms of hitter suggestions, I would go for Phillies and Rockies hitters in Coors. This will be Ranger Suarez's first start off the IL. Pretty unfortunate for him, so I'd look at a couple righties, including Elias Diaz, who's been one of the best catchers this season in terms of off Randall Grichik, who recently came off the aisle, and Ezekiel Tovar, who looks to be finally getting back on track. And then for the Phillies, they'll be facing off against Ryan Feltner, but there's not too many Phillies on the wire that are worth picking up. Bryson Stott may have been dropped in some leagues, and he's a lefty, so he could definitely take advantage of Feltner. And then in terms of relievers to watch, I would say Ryan Presley is one of them. He's pitched in three of the past four days, so definitely give Brian Abreu a look because he could vulture a save. David Robertson for the Mets threw 40 pitches on Friday, so Adam Adovino should be the guy to get the ninth and lastly Craig Kimbrell has gone in three of the last four so Gregory Soto should have a shot at a save but that'll do it for today's episode of the first pitch podcast make sure to head on over to pitcherlist.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site including fantastic player pages and daily DFS suggestions join PL Pro to gain access to the discord to interact with pitcherlist staff like me and members of the community and to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues that'll wrap up this edition of the podcast you can follow me on twitter at jake crumpler tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast and make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball this has been the first pitch podcast brought to you by pitcherlist.com if you enjoyed today's episode rate us on itunes follow us on twitter at pitcherlist and help support what we do by joining our discord with pitcherlist plus at pitcherlist.com slash plus